today on Lockdown Red Wings. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four to two, and uh, we can't be any happier as that is such a big win. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. I did Tuesday's episode. It's on the Michigan Wolverine, the animal. Not the team, but we may have used what's going on in Ann Arbor as the jump-off points. Check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Lockdown Tigers. More like uh, Lockdown Radio Silence, as they haven't done anything during winter meetings. But Number three pick um, in the lotto. (laughs) But the Red Wings, Scotty, I mean, we are literally sitting down and recording this as the game ends because I got somewhere to be, you know, Matt, wow. I got my own game. Mentally this hockey. guy, popular, you know, Mr. Popular. He's got places to pay. go out there and lose probably because I suck. But, dude, Enforcer. the best time to record after a big win like this is like right my after goodness, a game man. ends. What a heart attack. What a roller coaster. I thought I was going to keel over like four separate <laughs> times in the third period. Dude, that was the, – and then the ending sequence, which little little behind the curtain for all you guys – so I have to watch. Oh, I watch really? the Bally Sports app, and whenever you stream, because I don't pay for cable, that's ridiculous. I'm not even paying two hundred fifty dollars a month just to watch sports, and so I can pay two hundred fifty dollars for the year and watch all my teams. So they're streaming. Whenever you stream something, it's going to be behind live TV coverage. I'm about a minute to two minutes, depending on throughout the game, behind live game, and so it's two to nothing. And I text Scotty and I go, "Hey." Let's just go as soon as the game is over because they were running a bit ahead of schedule. I was like, we can squeeze this in. And as I text you that, I go, like, I dropped the F-bomb. I'm like, they score. (laughs) And so then Adam Ernie gets his empty net goal. And after that, I go, let's go ASAP as soon as, as soon as it's over. Let's just, and you go, you text me back, go, stop texting me. And I go, what? I haven't seen anything yet. You go, well, (laughs) They score to make it three to two. Every time Brian texted me during the game, the lightning scored immediately. Like, and you literally all kept, you're like, dude, stop texting me. (laughs) It was was a ridiculous game, man. It was, I mean, as far as a pure, like, amusement standpoint, that's the game of the year. Mm. I mean, like, we're just going on, on, like, sheer, like, watchability or, like, excitement like factor i think that's pretty comfortably the most entertaining hockey game of the season so far for the red wings um unbelievable and like the first two periods defensively were certainly a lot better than the third period defensively but like the boys were buzzing i don't know if it was like uh like uh let's win it for newsy thing i don't know if it was just like we're gonna play up because this you know, like this, this is a big game for us in our division. Like the lightning owned us for a little while there. Like, you know, we're just going to play up to competition. Like we really want to win. I don't know what it was. And I do not care. They were buzzing. Everybody was flying all over the ice, peppering shots for the first two periods again. Like, well, I mean, what a, what a remarkable game 
just to watch. That was unbelievably entertaining, and the Red Wings take two points from Tampa. Awesome. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, as to like why they got off to the hot start they did. I mean, one, not to not to sell the short, it was a kind of a statement game for them. Uh, they've lost. They you know they went on a stretch earlier uh, last month where they beat the Islanders, the Rangers, and uh, the. Capitals, but none of those teams are to the caliber of the Maple Leafs or the Tampa Bay Lightning, or maybe even Vegas. I think Vegas is probably, I don't know, they've been playing really well. Point being, none of those three teams that they beat last month, well above 500, are to the caliber that these three teams that the Red Wings just lost to, despite playing well, have been. So this game, they probably had a fire in their asses. Like, let's not just play well and outplay them on the score sheet in the advanced stats, let's actually win a hockey game. And I think what you oh, said, game. I think what you said, Scotty, about winning it for Newsy probably had a factor. I mean, this is Derek Lalone's first game back against his former team where he was an assistant coach through two championships and three, sta- st- three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. I wouldn't be surprised because we've seen how much the team has been buying into his system. It'd be very easily easy for me to believe that they wanted to get this win for him. And like you said, man, they were buzzing through the first two periods. It was back and forth hockey. It was peak hockey. And I think it starts in for both teams. It starts in net because both Huso and Vasilevsky made some unreal saves in this game. Oh, yeah. Unreal. I think this Vasilevsky... Made... No, I mean, for the first... Well, really the entire game, to be honest with you. We're all 60, man. This was a, a goalie show. This was a display. Vasilevsky and Huso, I, I mean, something that like the, the numbers would not do it justice, and that's saying something, considering one of the goalies had over 40 saves. Like, this is, that was peak entertainment watching goalies as well. Like, everything about this game was absolutely electric. And both goalies just on their head. The first period alone was insanity. Incredible save after incredible save, like Sports Center top 10 stuff back and forth, just going back and forth, both teams buzzing. It was unreal. And I mean, with that win, you now tie them for third in the division and you have an important tiebreaker in the head to head matchup. I mean, granted, you're going to play them three more times and you're, you're a little over 25% of the way through the season. So there's a lot more game to be left to be a lot more season left to be played rather. Sorry. When I get excited, I talk really fast and slur my words. It's a thing. Um, but it's just that goaltender matchup, man. And I don't want to, I want to talk about who so obviously, but I got to give credit to Vasilevsky too, because I mean, he made, 22 out of 24 saves for a 917 save percentage in this game. And a lot of those saves were crazy because the Red Wings had really good opportunities to bury the puck that they didn't capitalize on. But then obviously, Huso, I mean, desperate Tampa Bay Lightning, the desperate Tampa Bay Lightning are probably the scariest thing I've ever seen. Because in that third period, I think they outshot the Red Wings like 24 to 6 or something insane like that. It wasn't even close. And Billy Huso allowed two goals, both of which came with a man up because they pulled their goalie. He made like, what was the final total here? Let me double check just to be safe. He made 43 saves in this game. 43. I, I am blown away time and time again how much this team owes Billy Huso for the success that they've had. Not that the rest of the team didn't play well, because as you said, it, it was a back-and-forth game. They played tight with the Tampa Bay Lightning through the first two periods. 
and they gave them everything they had. It was fantastic hockey. But if not for Vili Huso, man, uh, that third period, it would have become a complete and utter blowout like we've seen in uh, last oh, yeah. month and last season prior. Vili Huso's the man. He's the dog. Yeah, that, that is the dog. But, like, it was it was absolutely – he is the, the biggest star of this game. Like, this is 100%. He deserves more credit than anybody, and, and it was a remarkable performance. And, you know – like uh, again, the defense for the first two periods was was solid, and it was like impressively solid. And I, I thought yeah. that it, it was noticeably better than we are used to seeing, especially at even strength. And then the third period, like you said, like the desperate Tampa is is scary. Like that, they were pulling, they were on the power play and like pulling like their goalie and stuff at one point, like. I mean, it was, it was madness and, you know, they're going to consistently apply pressure. I'm pretty sure in the third period, we got outshot something ridiculous, like, like 25 or 26 to six six or something like that. They, they almost outshot us or maybe they did outshoot us by 20 goals shots on net in the third period alone. Yes. I have the, I have the stat for you. 29 to seven. That's a 30 shot period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like not great defensively. Like you know, all the 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 buzzing and playing hard in the first two periods definitely caught up to him. But Huso was on another planet, man, and he deserves a, a nice steak dinner by the not, not even by one. the rest of the team. Multiple, <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe I mean, you get steak dinners for the entire rest of the week. To put a to put a a fine nail in the coffin, which is us drooling over the goaltending performances in this game. We talked about their save percentage, but I love to look at the goals saved above expected to talk about exactly how many goals did these goaltenders save, you know, above what the scoring opportunities had. Andre Vasilevsky, and like we said, to his credit, had a fantastic game as well. His goal saved above expected was 1.08. So he saved a goal. It would have been if if he had been an average goalie, if he had had a zero goal saved above expected, this would have been a 5-2 game. Probably less than that, actually, because two empty net goals. Right. If not for Vili Husso, though, the Tampa Bay Lightning would have scored three and a half more goals. <laughs> so somewhere between That's three and four more goals. So preposterous. Goals saved above expected in this game, 3.4. I'm not sure I've ever seen a goal save above expected that high, like ever. I think the he had one almost that high in the shutout against the Predators, which, you know, that, that game sense. you abandoned me for. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> That's so, nuts, dude. He he played out of his mind. Um, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation on this game. There's so much to talk about. We have to give props to the forwards who showed up. Jonathan Bergren, especially, man. I, I'm loving everything he brings to the Beauty. table. The second line as well. Defense played well through the first two periods. We'll talk about the third period as well because I, I know that it they got shelled. And so we will address that. Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They've, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's talk about, I want to talk about Jonathan Bergeron, man, and his impact that he has had, not just in this game. In this game, he was phenomenal throughout, but just in since he's been called up, he's been great. Yeah, absolutely. In this game, he looked, I don't know, like like he belonged. Like on the, like, is that like weird Easily. to say? Like he hasn't looked like he hasn't in his entire NHL career so far like that that wasn't a slight on what he's done because he's in continued to impress and I did a night out but like in the fastest paced game so far this season against one of the best teams we've played this season in an ultra competitive high intensity like like we said like boys were buzzing game and he looked right at home out there and the redirect was an absolute beauty I mean that's what I think seven points in 10 games for him now. I mean, that's not, that's not nothing. That's not when you think about not everyone's going to be Lucas Raymond and Mort Sider with the insane starts that they got off to last season, seven points in 10 games for a rookie is really damn good. In fact, actually, I don't know what it looks like for Lucas Raymond starting out, but Lucas Raymond was getting top line minutes. And I don't know if his production was that much greater than what Jonathan Bergen's doing right now, playing bottom six minutes. Jonathan Bergeron's been an absolute treat. And what you were saying, Scotty, what you said, what you saw at the eye test, you're spot on. Because if you look at their course, his Corsi, his Fenwick, his expected goals for whatever your taste is, whatever your, your flavor of advanced analytic is, is he's near the top of the team on every single one. He's fourth on the team in this game and expected goals for percentage at 57.79, a 24.32 relative. So the team generated 24% more quality scoring shots, scoring chances for when he was on the ice rather than off the ice in this game. Obviously he had that beautiful tip, but he was generating scoring opportunities in the offensive zone like he's been doing. And this may have been the best defensive game I've seen him play in his tenure as a Red Wing. I mean, we were talking about it, I think last night or maybe two nights ago that Jonathan Bergen, you're, it's hard it was already hard to make a case for sending him back down if everyone were to get healthy. You know, the NHL, that doesn't happen. Yeah. He'll probably be here the most of the season. But, you know, after this goal tonight and then the assist he had on the goal the other night, I don't know if you can justify sending him down. I don't know if him being waiver exempt is enough of an excuse to send him down anymore. You may have to make roster space for, from somebody else. I don't know if that means Robbie Fabry loses a roster spot. I don't know if that means Philip Zadina loses a roster spot. I don't know if it, we're just injured the rest of the season out. But Jonathan Bergen is generating so much offense from the bottom six with sheltered minutes, which is such an important thing to bring up that you can't, you can't justify sending him down if people start getting healthy. He's been an asset through and through. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I think... That is, we've talked about it a lot. That's a, that's a, I guess you would call it a problem to have, but it's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah. You want depth, you want healthy competition, and you want, no matter what they decide to do, you want to have confidence that if that player that they do have to send down gets called back up, that you're getting an NHL level talent. And that, at this point, looks to be pretty much guaranteed. Absolutely. And, you know, he wasn't the only one who was impressive in this game. The second line forward group, which was uh, Rasmussen, uh, Rasmussen, Kubelik, and drawing a blank here. Oh, my Lord. This is what happens when you record right after a show, guys, and you don't get your stuff straight. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you? The Kubelik, second line forward group. I still did not hear what you said. Michael Rasmussen, Dominic Kubelik, and Pew Suter, the second line <laughs> forward group. 
For <laughs> some reason, this is really embarrassing because I'm forgetting Pew Suter on that line when he was the best player on that really line. Yeah. And when you look at the advanced analytics now on the ice, I think that, you know, Dominic Kubelik and Michael Rasmussen stole the show. But I think what Pew Suter does all way, away from the puck on that line was really, really impressive. But I mean, that was the best line in this game. And it's reflected as I talked about Jonathan Bergen was the fourth best when it came to expected goals for percentage. Well, all of the second line was one, two, and three. Pew Suter at 77, Dominic Kubelik at 75, and Michael Rasmussen at 74. He, that's individual. As a line, they were 67.61 at five on five. At full, at even strength, Unreal. they generated 67% share of the quality scoring attempts between the two teams. I mean, crazy. We've talked about it a lot, man. We, we've talked, A, we, we've talked about Kubalik and how amazing he is. <laughs> and so that certainly didn't change in this one. He had a great pass in this one. He had a oh, great yeah. apple oh, to, yeah. to Rasmussen. Um, but, and we've also talked at length about how Rasmussen has taken steps forward. And, um, you know, if the matchup is right, you're probably going to see him move up lines a little, I don't want to say like more frequently now, but if the opportunity presents itself and if that, if they think they need more size up the middle against certain teams, like they did tonight, you're probably going to see Rasmussen get some more minutes, man. He's been playing really, really well. Um, and then Pew Suter on the wing has been amazing. It's been awesome. And like we penciled him as in as like four C I think coming into the season mm-hmm. and he was brought in as a center and he played center and last year and whatnot. And, Having him move over to the wing because now for the first time in what seems like a century, the Red Wings actually have like more than four centers on the team when healthy. And like you can afford to move Suter over to the wing. He's been fantastic since that move has happened. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, another guy that like in a new role is is making a, a very, very solid argument to not be one of the players in consideration when everyone's healthy again as well. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, and you just mentioned it. Pew Suter, I had slotted as maybe the fifth center on this team coming yeah. into the season, and they moved him to the wing because there wasn't enough spots in the center. And as you just stated, he has been a revelation for the wings at wing. We were both on the keep Rasmussen at center train because he's got the potential, and he was playing really well 3C. And he's just furthering the point that I made yesterday that cop moving down to 2C has more to do with Rasmussen's play than it does Cop's play. Right. Now, could I would I like to see Cop continue to get better? Because I don't think he's at full hundred percent yet. Yes. But with Rasmussen, he completely has deserved he, really he he had a couple of really nice moves. Yeah. But Rasmussen has earned that two C spot as of right now because he's playing so well and he earned it again. Think about this, Scotty. I mean, all three of these players were guys we were saying were bottom six forwards coming into the season. Dominic Kubelik included. We were saying third line, power play utilization for his, his scoring capability, which, I mean, we weren't wrong on that part. He's been fantastic on the power play. But all three of these guys were bottom six players on our depth charts. Not that that means anything. All three of those guys just played two on line number two against the Tampa Bay Lightning and were the most effective line. In the game, I I don't know if they're just on one. I don't know if their chemistry is fantastic, but either way, I'll take it. Depth rocks. Depth rocks. I mean, just think about how eviscerated that depth is right now. And this team still is finding ways to steal wins, generate wins. And that's that's just so important. So important. 
hundred percent. I'm so I'm so amped right now. Me so too, man. Right I'm buzzing. <laughs> when we come back, we'll finish up this conversation about the uh, four to two victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning to tie them for third in the Atlantic Division. So stay tuned. The Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings. Did I did I slur my words there for a second? No, but you like paused as if you were like going to the break and then you were like kept talking and you were like after this. And I was like, oh, I thought that was the break. <laughs> no, I always got to say stay tuned or something. Yeah, I know. But you just like took a really long pause in between when you said stay tuned. I'm out of breath, Scotty. I've been talking too much and haven't been breathing in between them. So oh, oh, catching up right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, let's talk about the third period. Now, there, there are two ways to attack this. One, we could talk about collapses and how the Red Wings have a tendency, and they've been trying to, ke- to kick that trend lately, and they've done a good job. We can talk about how this may have been that, or we could talk about how the Tampa Bay Lightning are possibly one of the best teams in the league. Not possibly. They are one of the best teams in the league, top five easily. And that might have just been what desperate Tampa Bay Lightning looks like, which also kind of shines a light on what you still have to do to become that. Because as soon as they pulled their goalie, I mean, not even that, the entire third period almost, but especially after the 10-minute mark, and it's even more especially when they pulled their goalie, they turned on the afterburners, and they were in your defensive zone the entire rest of the game to the point where the Red Wings were icing the puck not because they just were making mistakes. They had to use their only outlet because they were getting the puck to the blue line. But the defense of the Tampa Bay Lightning was so good at just that puck possession at the blue line that they weren't coughing it up. And so I I feel like of the two options, I'm less so inclined to call this a third period collapse and more so to just be like, holy crap, the Tampa Bay Lightning are frightening. (laughs) I I think you can probably do you know, both like, <laughs> I, I think that you can acknowledge like, yeah, like that was a, you know, we give a 30 shot period. Like I think that it's possible to, to be like, you know, that was, that was not great. And uh, that was, that was a little bit of a, uh, I mean, it wasn't a collapse. Like we won and we won by multiple goals. Like it wasn't a, a, a complete collapse, but it definitely was a lot different of a period than the first two, certainly. And so I, I, I think I think both are true. I think you can be like, okay, we need to get to a point where we can play at the level we did in the first two periods for all three periods because that's been something that we've honestly talked about in uh, against a lot of teams, period. I mean, we just had that conversation, what, or at the end of last week um, about the third period collapses and such. So I, I think – you can acknowledge like, Hey, this is still something that this team needs to work on pretty, pretty drastically, but also like, you know, not every team in the NHL is Tampa Bay either. And that is definitely a, uh, a different animal for sure. No, they, they absolutely are. And they're terrifying. And yeah, I mean, in reality, terrifying. if I, if I pump the brakes a little bit on my hype train, obviously you give up nearly 30 shots at even strength. I'm sorry, not at even strength. You give up 30 shots throughout the course of the third period at all strengths. That's still pretty egregious, regardless of who you're playing. So yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% right. 
Um, but it's just hard for me to like, especially if they win, man, it's hard for me to look at it objectively <laughs> when you're facing this team and you steal a win. And I just, yes, they have got to continue to do better in the third period. And they have done better of late, but it's even more so important to do it against the teams like the Tampa Bay lightning. If it weren't for who, so again, this would not have turned out that well. And the defense played well up until that third period. In fact, I would almost argue they continued to play well, considering what was happening in the defensive zone. The fact that they didn't completely collapse is almost, almost, you know, a kudos to them. It was just a wild game. And I, I mean, I think the wildest statistic in this game overall, Scotty, and I tweeted this out before the game was over, midway through the second, giveaways in this game. Detroit Red Wings, one giveaway. Tampa Bay Lightning, 16 giveaways. Not takeaways, giveaways. Mm -hmm. Now, giveaway would imply, and we saw this in the game, giveaways implies that the Red Wings were swarming so much in those first two periods. Because if I if I recall, it was 16 when I tweeted it out during the second. Red Wings didn't force another giveaway in the third period. They were swarming so much that Tampa Bay didn't know what to do with the pressure, so they just coughed the puck up, and the Red Wings took advantage, which helped lead to that that Rasmussen goal. So the Red Wings come out of the gun, and they swarm like that. You're going to get opportunities, even against these teams, because not despite the team, not everyone's going to be able to handle pressure that well, especially if you're a really good team that's not used to it. (laughs) Yeah, the the first period, I think, especially just felt like – a lot I know like turnovers in hockey is a weird stat because like you know who really knows what uh it's like rather subjective um but I mean it just it, felt that like doesn't fit our narrative don't say that no 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 I, I I'm I'm getting there I'm just saying like in the first period alone like it felt like it, it really did feel like both teams were just like bad passes or or like turnovers in their own zone or whatever and especially Tampa man like that that first period I I think the wings really did like like you said jump out of the gun early and really kind of like punch them in the mouth and like were really really aggressive on the four check which they did incredibly well in the first two periods and I don't think Tampa really knew knew what to do with themselves and then they were I don't know if they were too tired to be that aggressive on the four check in the third period but it drastically fell off (laughs) and and so I I think that that's probably something to do with it but yeah man that first period four check especially was remarkable like best we've seen all season and it caused a boatload of turnovers and takeaways and bad passes and just yeah like like Tampa I don't know a lackadaisical pass like really easy to to wreak havoc in the corners that way too i don't know man like that 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 four check in in the first like period and a half i'd say really made me feel some type of way that was super impressive um yeah so the last two things that i wanted to touch on before we finished off this episode was one um the penalty kill i mean you were facing i think the third best power play in the league and you played a very clean game only took two penalties that resulted in a uh, power play for the tampa bay lightning and you killed them both off. And that is huge because Tampa Bay, they go on the power play. Normally they score. And in this type of game, we, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, dude. You have to play mistake-free, near-perfect hockey to beat the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. And for 
at least two thirds of this game, they did that. And then the third period, they were able to survive the onslaught. They didn't take penalties. And when they did, they were able to kill it off. Mistake-free hockey. I mean, that is how you win this game. Because they did, by the end of the game, they did heavily outplay you. The first two periods was close, but that third period was just an avalanche. Yeah, they they played as close to perfect hockey as they could play for 40 minutes. And then Philly Husso was dang near perfect for the last 20. And that's how they won the hockey game. Um, and then the other thing, too, the Philip Peronic Olimata line continues to get more minutes than Ben Sherratt and more et cetera. Continuation yeah. of our conversation from yesterday as at even strength. I don't know. Total Peronic with at, another with another point. Yep. And so with Dominic Kubalik, as you've already mentioned. So both the guys man. with another point in this game. Um, let's filter this. So at all Olimata and Philip Peronic led the team in minutes. Philip Peronic total led the team with 22 minutes and 10 seconds. Mort Setter and Ben Sherratt. Uh, led with just under 20 minutes. So it's not by a lot that they're getting more time, but keep this in mind as well, because at even strength, it was a much more substantial difference. Olimata, Philipronic, 19 minutes, almost 20 minutes. Well, this is this is where it gets weird. Jordan Osterley, third on the team in minutes with 16.36, Moritz Sider, 16.10, Jake Wallman, 1539, and Ben Sherrod at 15.34. So Special teams notwithstanding, at even strength, Olimata and Philip Peronik and Jordan Osterley got more time on the ice than Moritz Sider did. And that may may speak to, I don't know, I'm not going to take, I'm going to take the Jordan Osterley one with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, but Phil Peronik and Olimata, I think, is absolutely speaking to the fact that that continues to be the best defensive pair on the ice for the Detroit Red Wings. And I, if I'm Derek Lalonde, I'm doing the same thing. Because they're playing phenomenal, and like you said, Phil Pronick got an apple in this game, continuing his hot streak. I think after this game, I'm not sure if these statistics are updated yet. Uh, what game number was that for the Detroit Red Wings? Are we doing no for sure off the top of what our head? Game in the season it was. Yeah, it's like twenty something. Definitely not. I definitely don't know that off the top of my head. Hold on. Um. Okay. Well, it's updated their record now, so it should be updated oh, yeah. on What's the, the stat sheet. Uh, thirteen seven and five. Dominic Kubalik twenty four and twenty four. Phil Peronik, uh, 22 and 24. I think that might not be updated yet. So either way, both stay at a point per game or Phil Peronik just shy of a point per game. It's just, I mean, outside the onslaught, that was the third period. I, I, even with that, I'm just beside myself with joy. That is, this is a great feeling, man. And that, that those are the, like, they're going to lose games that like, they're obviously not going to like win out. Like, <laughs> like you're not going to win. Sorry, finish. No, no, no. Like there, it's just, there's, there is a lot of excitement in a game like this. And like, they, they will obviously lose more games the, the rest of the season. And like, it's not to say that they're going to play this way night in and night out or anything, but um, wins like this raise the ceiling of expectations. Like we talk about ceilings and floors all the time. And while this doesn't guarantee anything, this is one game in early December uh, this this certainly changes your outlook about the heights that this team can achieve this season. Well, and also to point out, in all fairness, in all objectivity, you're not going to win games like this a lot. No, and yeah, you give up a 30-shot third period. You stole this game. Now, I know you had the 2 nothing lead, and so the reason why it was as dominant as it was for Tampa Bay is because they were desperate. But you don't win games giving up a 30-shot third period and having less than 10 yourselves. Right. That often you stole this game. So while it's all fine and good to be excited and we're all excited and we're all happy this happened, we got to stay objective and realize that you're, you can't make a trend out of this. 
yeah, still adjustments to be made for sure. Um, but now that we've pulled a, poured a cold bucket of water over our hype and the listeners' hype, uh, any more thoughts? We ball, baby. We absolutely ball. Third in the Atlantic Division, just surpassed the Tampa Bay Lightning. We Let's ball. go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.